Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. When devil nuns and friends We have all assembled here this evening to understand what is Vipassana and how is it relevant in today's world situation. Vipassana is spirituality, applied spirituality, practical spirituality. Spirituality means to live a moral life with a disciplined mind, pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill, and tolerance. So, what is the teaching of spirituality is found in every religion, every religion worth its name. Every religion teaches us to live a moral life. That means don't perform unwholesome vocal and physical actions which will harm and hurt other beings which will disturb the peace and harmony of other beings. And this is possible only when you have a disciplined mind, a pure mind, full of love, compassion and goodwill. This is the teaching of every religion. Every 
，不发生，不做不完美的行为。他教导我们要怀有爱心、慈悲与善意，这是每一个宗教都需要教导我们的。This is the quintessence, the essential core. Of the teaching of every religion. This is each And this is the common denominator of all the religions. Same thing. This is each religion. Same Of religion, which is its outer shell. 但是，宗教还有另外表层的一面。This always differs from one religion to another religion. 这些表层，每一个宗教都有不同的表示。Outer shell is rites, rituals. Ceremonies, celebrations, beliefs, dogmas—all these things differ from one religion to another religion. Religion. People belonging to different religions can remain happy with this outer shell, also having different kind of celebrations, rites, rituals, even different beliefs. Doesn't matter, but don't forget the quintessence, the essential core of the religion. Actually, this is not a 信仰，可是我们不能够忘记的是，每个宗教最终究的核心。The difficulty arises when people give all the importance to this outer shell and forget everything about the inner essential core. 问题是。人们常常只注意到外表、外向，而忘掉了真正的核心所在。Follower of every religion will say, "This spirituality is also in our religion. Our religion also teaches morality, pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill." But they don't practice. Merely taking pride in saying that our religion also has got spirituality, this does not help. Many religious followers often say, "This religion is good, but they don't Spirituality is spirituality only when it is applied in life. Otherwise, it is fruitless. 灵性其实应该是要运用在生活之中，是实用性的，否则它。
If the spirituality is not applied spirituality, then the religion becomes an empty vessel. The nectar has leaked away, spirituality has leaked away. 假如灵性不能够运用，不能够使用，宗教就像是一个空的花瓶一样。Then all sorts of difficulties arise because people give so much importance to this outer shell, my belief, my dogma. This is the right belief. This is the right dogma. All others are wrong. Everyone must accept the belief that I have, and the quarrel starts, discord starts, terrorism starts, bloodshed starts. 另外一个问题是，当宗教的追随者只只注意到外向，坚持自己的仪式教条是唯一的，是最好的，在这种情况之下。But if more importance is given to this inner quintessence, which is common in all religions, what quarrel there will be to live a moral life? Everyone belonging to this religion or that religion has to live a moral life with a pure mind. Full of love, compassion, goodwill, tolerance, there can't be quarrel. 假如每一个人都能够注意到宗教内在的核心，能够过着道德的生活，有道德的行为，保持着爱心、慈悲心与善意，那争吵及啊纷争也就会消除。Vipassana is a technique discovered by Buddha, the enlightened one, which is nothing but applied spirituality. How to live a real spiritual life? But as it happens, as time passes, every religion, number of branches come out of it, whether it is Christianity or Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism, everywhere different branches come out. 随着时间的消逝，很多不同的宗派逐渐产生，佛教也产生了各种不同的宗派。Again, the branch differs from one another. A branch may be longer, other may be shorter. One may be thicker, one may be thinner. This difference, if one gives all the importance to these differences, Again, difficulty arises. 在不同的宗派，就像树根、树树枝一样，可能是长的，可能是短的，可能是粗的，可能是细的，有很多不同的呈现的方式。于是，很多纷争就开始了
we see in the teaching of Buddha also, where pure spirituality was taught, and still branches came out, this yan or that yan, Mahayan, Hinyan, Vajrayan, Tantrayan, Mantrayan, yan after yan, so many yans, so many branches. Nothing wrong, provided the essential teaching of Buddha is maintained, and that is Dhammayana. The great tree of Buddha's teaching, every branch has come out of the trunk of the same tree, gets all the nutrition from the root of the same tree. Therefore, importance must be given the essence of Buddha's teaching which lies in the root, which is the nutrition for every branch. We find this in every branch of Buddha's teaching. The main teaching was the four noble truths which is accepted by every branch coming out of this tree. The misery is acceptable. There is misery in the life. And the cause of misery is craving, acceptable by everyone. And there is a way to come out of this cause, to eliminate this cause of craving, and thus come out of the misery is acceptable. And second very important teaching of the Buddha is Paticca Samuppad, cause and effect, cause and effect, the chain of cause and effect acceptable 
by every branch of the teaching of the Buddha. At a very surface level, this is also acceptable to everyone. Even one is not a follower of Buddha's teaching, yet this reality is acceptable. Misery is there. How can we deny that? The birth starts with misery. One comes in contact of this illness or that illness, misery. One keeps on growing and becomes an old man. The body starts getting decaying, deteriorating, misery. One has to face death sooner or later, misery is acceptable by everyone. 痛苦是可以被大家所承认的，从出生、老去、病死，这都是一连串痛苦的经验。One gets associated with undesirables in life. One gets disassociated with desirables in life. That is misery. It's acceptable to everyone. 每一个人都希望得到自己所想要的，也不希望得到自己所不想要的。在这个过程之中，痛苦常常就会产生。One craves to attain something, and what is not successful, one becomes miserable, acceptable to all. 一旦我们贪求某些事物，我们如果得不到的话，我们就会感到痛苦。This teaching of Buddha was not new to the country of India twenty-six centuries back. More or less, everyone accepted this. 佛陀这种教诲。其实并不是非常的新鲜，在二十六世纪之前，这种教诲已经能够被印度的人所接受。And yet, it was very new, something new discovered by this enlightened person, which was not available in any tradition of India of those days. 但是有一个很新的事物是佛陀所发现的，它不曾被其他任何人所发现。When he talked of misery, and when he talked of misery of this or that type, he went deeper, deeper. He had a deeper dimension, deeper dimension of this truth of misery. And he went, discovered the truth at the deepest level of this mind-matter phenomenon. Fourth,的发现是他更深入了解痛苦的根源。他探索痛苦真正的根源是在我们身心的深处。
when I came in contact with Buddha's teaching, I was born in a very staunch, conservative Hindu family, and I knew nothing about Buddha's teaching because from the childhood I was trained that Buddha is great, his incarnation of God Almighty, but his teaching is not good. Never go for Buddha's teaching. So I knew nothing about Buddha's teaching. When I come in contact for the first time, I was so fascinated. 当我第一次接触到佛法的时候，我是生长在一个很保守传统的印度家庭。我被告知佛陀是一个圣贤，但是对他的教诲，我一点都不清楚。As I practiced, practiced the teaching, I became so convinced that this person was an extraordinary super scientist, super scientist of the field of spirituality. By this practice of Vipassana, he went deep inside, deep inside to discover further realities and he discovered certain things which were not known to the people at that time. The technique of Vipassana is nothing but the eightfold noble path as taught by him. Whenever you come to a course, the first thing you have to take five precepts. That means you abstain, abstain from performing any unwholesome action, physical or vocal, which will harm others, which will hurt others, which will disturb the peace and harmony of others. This is Sila. One important part of the Eightfold Noble Path. When we learn the Then you train your mind to get one-pointed concentration, one-pointed concentration with the object of reality, reality pertaining to your own mind and matter. Again, this is an important part of the Eightfold Noble Path. Then you start purifying your mind by insight, not just the surface level of the mind, but deeper, deeper, deepest level of the mind, 
the root level of the mind. To live a moral life, which we call Sheila, was there in the tradition in which I was born and brought up. To train the mind, to get concentrated, which is called Samadhi, was also there in the tradition in which, in which I was born and brought up. And purification of mind with prajna, with insight, was also there. But then what was which fascinated me? Buddha went much deeper, much deeper. Concentration of mind can be attained by many objects. There are many objects with the help of which you can get your mind concentrated. Buddha gave this wonderful object, our own respiration, which is always with us from the time one has taken birth till the time one passes away. One keeps on breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. Asleep or awakened, sitting or standing, lying or walking, eating or drinking, in every position, in every posture, one keeps on breathing in, breathing out. And it is the truth which anybody and everybody can experience. No imagination is involved. And why he chose this as the object of meditation, object of concentration, because the whole procedure of vipassana is to go deeper, deeper, deeper to the depth of the mind, the root level of the mind. And this respiration helps us to go to the root level of the mind.
in the training of concentration with the help of breath jatha bhuta that means as it is not as you would like it to be the breath as it is if it is deep it is deep if it is shallow it is shallow passing to left nostril left nostril right nostril right nostril the whole practice is to develop the faculty of awareness awareness of the reality as it is 也就是说，如实的观其本来的真相，不论呼吸是深的呼吸，或是浅的呼吸，我们都要如实的关照，这也是帮助我们发展能够如实观察实相的技巧。And my teacher told me. Mere breath, bare breath, natural breath, normal breath, nothing to be added to it. My teacher told me, No verbalization, no visualization, no imagination, no suggestion. Auto-suggestion or outer-suggestion, no imposition of this philosophical belief or that philosophical belief, just breath as it is, bare breath, mere breath, nothing but breath. We in the tradition in which I was born, I tried different kinds of concentration with different objects, but this was quite new. No verbalization, no visualization. The truth as it is, remain with the truth, start with the truth, so that you start experiencing subtler truth, subtler truth. Subtlest truth, subtlest truth pertaining to the physical structure, subtlest truth pertaining to the mental structure. And as you proceed experiencing subtler, subtler, subtlest truth, the mind gets purified, purified. And how it gets purified, that also became clearer and clearer. Wei 很深入的，进入到维系的呼吸，更细微的呼吸，如实的关照。It was clear to me because of my past experience that along with the breath, if I start reciting a word, continue to recite, recite, concentration becomes easy. 
And yet, my teacher says, no mere bread, bare bread. Yes, with verbalization or any imagination of visualization and all, mind gets concentrated easily. But then we miss the aim of Vipassana. The aim of Vipassana is to realize the truth about yourself, the physical structure, the mental structure, the combination of the two, how they keep on influencing each other. That gets missed. Missed. Sida,如果我们用不同的对象来专注的话,我们是可以专注,但是呢,我真正内观的目的是希望我们了解身体结构的实相,心理结构的实相, just remaining aware of the breath and keeping the attention on a small area below the nostrils, above the upper lip. Because the area is small and you are aware of this breath on this small area, the mind gets concentrated, concentrated, being on a small area, it becomes sharper and sharper, subtler and subtler, more and more sensitive. 内观教我们专注在嘴唇以上、鼻孔以下的一个小的范围。我们如果专注我们的呼吸在那个范围，我们会越来越专注、越来越清楚。because mere concentration of mind is not the aim of observing the breath. It is to make the mind very sharp, very sensitive, so that you can take further steps to explore the reality about yourself. As the mind becomes subtler and subtler, sharper and sharper, more and more sensitive, it starts experiencing, within a few days, it starts experiencing subtler realities pertaining to this mind-matter phenomenon. 能够越来越维系，我们就可以经验到身体真正的实相，心理真正的实相。One starts experiencing different kinds of sensations on this small area because the mind has become so sensitive.我们可以开始感受这个小的范围。and then the training is you start exploring the truth pertaining to the entire physical structure, start from the top of the head, 
feel sensations on every part of the body down to the tips of the toes. 然后我们进一步的探索，整个身体结构的实相，从头顶到脚顶。Again, just observe as you train your mind. Just observe the breath, whether it is shallow or it is deep, doesn't matter. Left nostril, right nostril, doesn't matter. Don't give importance to this or that. Just observe. Just observe. So also. The sensations that you start experiencing, just observe, just observe, do nothing. 当感受身体的时候，我们只是如实的关照，不论我们的呼吸是深或是浅，我们只是如实关照我们的感受。One starts realizing deeper reality. Pertaining to this physical structure and the mental structure. We will start to really like pain, pressure, heaviness, numbness, etc. Woman And then if one keeps on observing objectively without reacting to it, without identifying oneself with these sensations, sensation as sensation, no I, no mind, just observe. Then other reality starts manifesting itself. One starts experiencing that every sensation that is manifesting itself on this part of the body or that part of the body has the same characteristic, characteristic of arising, passing away, arising, passing away, anitya, anitya, impermanent, ephemeral, ephemeral. 任何的感受，不管在身体的任何的部分，都有相同的特性。它升起，它也灭去，它是不断的变化，anitya。one reaches the stage where the body gets dissolved. No imagination, by experience. Entire body is just atomic particles vibrating, vibrating, mere vibrations. The entire physical structure, mere vibration, mere vibration. So also, one experiences the mind and all the mental contents, mere vibration, mere vibration, nothing but vibration. 
除了身体的结构是不断的波动之外，心理的结构也是一样不断的波动。It is a senseless. What is there to hold and say? This is I. This is mine. If it is mine, I must have mastery over it. I have no mastery. It arises, passes away. It arises, passes away. A senseless. A senseless. It becomes clear at the experiential level. 到底什么是我？什么是我的？经过这样子的训练关照，我们可以真正的了解，其实没有我，也没有我的，只是不断的波动。Then the words of Buddha become very clear at the experiential level. 佛陀的教诲可以从经验的层次上来认识经验。When he explained the first noble truth, birth is misery, disease is misery, old age is misery, death is misery, unwanted is misery, losing the wanted is misery. All that is acceptable to everybody. What contribution of Buddha? There was special contribution of Buddha about misery. When Buddha explained the seven noble truths, misery is misery. You will notice the physical structure, which is nothing but atoms, which are called kalapas, arising, passing, arising, passing, and the mind. Four aggregates of mind. One part, the job is to cognize. Another part, the job is to recognize and give valuation. Third part, to feel the sensations on the body, and the fourth part, to react. These four aggregates and this aggregate of my body jointly, these five aggregates. How much of attachment we have towards these five aggregates? I, mine, I, mine, and this becomes a source of misery. Our body's structural shape, 事实上呢，是有四蕴所呃形成的，四蕴、想蕴、受蕴及行蕴。This was a great contribution of Buddha to the human world, a discovery that the mind and matter, the combination of the two, just arising, passing, arising, passing. Nothing to hold and say. This is I. This is mine. It is not just a philosophy to believe anatta, anatma. There is no I. There is no mine. I am not possessing anything. It just arises to pass away. Arises to pass away. One experiences this, and something which arises and passes away, arises and passes away, which is so essenceless, and yet. I say, I, mine, 
I develop attachment towards it and this attachment is a source of misery. The entire mind matter phenomena, nothing to hold, sunya, vacuum, you come to the stage where entire solidity goes away, no solidity, mere vibrations, mere vibrations, what is there which we can say this is a sense, there is no essence. It is all sunya, mere vacuum, vacuum, and yet I, mine, my ego, an imaginary ego, a created ego, and one becomes so much attached to this imaginary ego and starts generating misery for oneself. When Buddha said, I don't teach any philosophy, I am above all philosophies, it becomes so clear. And when out of ignorance, when we say this is Buddhist philosophy, Buddhist philosophy, a wise person will just laugh at it. What these people are saying? What Buddhist philosophy? He was against all philosophies. He wanted people to experience the truth, not to just accept it as a philosophy. The combination of mind and matter, constantly in a flux, constantly in a flow, constantly changing, 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 it is Sonia. Nothing to say, something essential is there in it. Nothing. By experience one has to accept. Not because Buddha said so. Not because scripture says so. Not because you are Vipassana teacher says so. Even at the intellectual level, if you accept that it is all vacuum, sunya, sunya, even at the emotional level or devotional level, you accept this is sunya, sunya, nothing essence in this, you have not experienced it. That means it's just a blind belief. You don't know how it is sunya. Buddha wanted us to experience that stage 
where there is no solidity in the mind or matter, mere wavelets, wavelets, bubbles arising, passing away, arising, passing away, no substance that has to be experienced. In spite of it being substanceless, essenceless, yet, although one keeps on saying, body is not I, mind is not I, one keeps on saying, because Buddha said so, and I am a follower of Buddha, I have a devotion of Buddha, mind is not I, body is not I, but when you go inside, you find, for all practical purposes, the body has become I, mind. The mind has become I, mind. Tremendous amount of identification with mind and matter and tremendous amount of attachment towards mind and matter. And because of this identification, I, I, mine, mine, and because of the attachment, anything undesirable happens, and your ego gets hurt, imaginary ego, artificial ego, it gets hurt, and you are miserable, miserable. 由于我们的我值, 一直想这是我的我，自我中心就会呈现痛苦，也就产生。Buddha takes us to the depth where we experience a senseless mind and matter, both mere vibration, mere vibration. Another reality becomes clear as you keep on experiencing the truth within the framework of the body. You feel different kinds of sensations arising and passing away. Different kinds of sensations. Although you keep on saying, out of great devotion towards Buddha's teaching, that this is not I, this is not mine, this is substanceless, this is just empty, vacuum. But when an unpleasant sensation arises, you start reacting, reacting with aversion. I don't like it. Where is this I? Who doesn't like it? What is happening? Tremendous amount of attachment is there. Any unpleasant sensation and you react with aversion. Any pleasant sensation and you react with craving. Wonderful. This is what I wanted. Wonderful. Very Buddha wanted us to experience the reality, not just on the surface level, experience the reality at the deepest level pertaining to mind and matter, the combination of mind and matter, and realize the truth that it is all changing, 
constant change taking place, constant change. Whether we experience an unpleasant sensation or we experience a pleasant sensation, it is not eternal. It keeps on changing, changing, and then the wisdom arises. The understanding at the experiential level arises. Something which is so ephemeral, which keeps on changing. What is the purpose of generating craving towards it? What is the purpose of generating aversion towards it? You start coming out of this habit pattern of craving, aversion, craving, aversion at the root level. And then another important reality, the teaching of Buddha, which was not available anywhere at that time, becomes so clear, another reality. He gave us the chain of cause and effect, cause and effect, dependent origination, everything arises because of some cause. The life starts with the combination of mind and matter. This is the cause of six sense doors. This is the cause of the six sense objects coming in contact. And as it comes in contact, there is a sensation in the body and you start reacting to it, craving, aversion, craving, aversion. A great discovery of the enlightened person. We have the ancient scriptures of all the tradition of India, ancient India is available. And now we have put all that in the city room along with the Buddha's teaching and we make a study and we find that keep yourself away from the sensual objects in the sense don't react to the sensual objects don't generate craving when you come across a pleasant sensual object don't don't create aversion when you come across an unpleasant sensual object that teaching was there what was new in buddha's teaching 在许多运度的传统里面，也有谈到，当我们遇到不愉快的事事物，我们可以不要产生嗔恨。到底佛陀伟大的发现在哪里呢？Buddha would not have been Buddha if he simply said, 
don't indulge in sensual objects don't generate craving and aversion for the sensual object if you just thought that it was already there he would not have been taken as a buddha photo 不会成为抉择，假如他只是说对不愉快的事情不要产生嗔恨，因为这个其他的教义也有谈到。He took the reality at a very deeper dimension, and he said, "You are not reacting to the sensual objects." When a shape or form comes in contact with the eyes, a sound comes in contact with the ear, smell comes in contact with the nose, taste comes in contact with the tongue, tangible anything tangible comes in contact with the body, a thought or emotion comes in contact with the mind. You are not reacting. It seems, it appears as if you are reacting to that. You are actually reacting to the body sensations. When any outside object comes in contact with your sense door, there is a sensation in the body, and that object, if you say is wonderful, very good, there is a pleasant sensation, and you say this object is very bad, there is unpleasant sensation. Only after that craving or aversion arises, a wonderful discovery of this enlightened person. This was not available anywhere. Nobody gave any importance to these body sensations, and Buddha says you are reacting to the body sensation. When you feel pleasant body sensation, you react with craving. When you feel unpleasant body sensation, you react with aversion. If you want to come out of craving and aversion, you have to reach the stage where you feel different kinds of sensation, and yet you don't react. Buddha说，我伟大的发现是在身体的感受部分。当有任何愉快或不愉快的感受，都会呈现在我们的身体感受。愉快的感受，我们会产生贪爱；不愉快的感受，我们会产生嗔恨。如何从贪爱、嗔恨这个痛苦中解脱出来呢？Then the teaching of Buddha becomes so clear and so special. First, you have to train your mind to become so sharp, so sensitive, so that it can feel all types of sensation in this physical structure. Different types of sensation, and secondly, you may remain equanimous. You don't react to these sensations. Buddha教诲包括，首先能够专注，而且能够觉察我们身体的感受。第二，我们可以进一步的保持平等心，不随不随便的。Because now at the experiential level, you are understanding that the entire mind matter phenomena is substanceless, essenceless, rising, passing, rising, passing, just vacuum. 
Mere vacuum where there are only vibrations, vibrations, no substance. What is the sense in generating craving towards something which is constantly changing or generating aversion towards something which is constantly changing? The habit pattern of craving, aversion, craving, aversion changes at the root level. One starts understanding that what is changing constantly and yet I develop attachment towards it, I generate misery for myself, a pleasant sensation has come, I like it, I get attached to it, but it is not eternal, it passes away, and when it passes away, you are a miserable person. 身心不断的在改变，当我们感受到快乐的事物的时候，我们非常快乐。可是它过很久，等它过去的时候，我们又感到非常的不愉快。Then his message of the discovery, when everybody else talks about misery, 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 he goes to the depth. These five aggregates, mind and matter, at the depth, you identified yourself. You got so much attachment towards it. This is your real misery. That becomes so clear. Then it is no more just a philosophical belief. It is something you are experiencing. It's a science of mind and matter. How mind keeps on influencing the matter. How matter keeps on influencing the mind. And out of ignorance, one feels, I, mind, oh look, this present sensation, I am enjoying. Unpleasant sensation, I dislike it. You become miserable. The misery is there. When people say that anitya, that means impermanent, dukkha, that is misery, and anatma, no I, no my, no soul, this is Buddha's philosophy. What philosophy? This is a scientific truth. Anybody can experience, and by experiencing it, one can come out of misery. This is the teaching, to come out of misery. And it became so clear to me in my first course itself that Buddha's teaching is not merely for the people who call themselves Buddhist. It is for all. This is law of nature. He never taught Buddhism. He taught Dhamma, the law of nature. The law of nature is such, when you feel something unpleasant sensation, you generate aversion, you are miserable. Pleasant sensation, you generate craving, you are miserable, which is applicable to everyone. Everyone suffers because of this misery of reaction. 
one can come out of it easily by developing equanimity towards these sensations, understanding that there is no essence, no substance, things keep on arising, passing, arising, passing. So the teaching is not a philosophy. Teaching is a practical way of coming out of misery. The Buddha taught everyone to come out of the misery at the root level. If the root of the mind becomes pure, free from craving and aversion, the entire mental structure becomes pure. You have to do nothing. Just change the root level, make it free from craving and aversion, you are free from misery. And when the totality of the mind becomes pure, again law of nature, naturally it gets filled up with love, with compassion, with good, goodwill, selfless service to others. That becomes a nature of somebody who is really practicing Buddha's teaching as he wanted us to, to practice. 进化的心灵是充满爱心、慈悲心与善意，这是佛陀真正想要教导我们的。If someone says that I am practicing what Buddha taught, just to liberate myself, to come out of all the miseries, even the miseries of birth and death, I want to come out. I don't care what happens to others. He has not understood Buddha. He is not practicing Buddha's teaching properly because he had noticed that stage where the mind is full of love, compassion, goodwill. In the same way, if someone says, I live the life of love, compassion, I want all, all the beings to get liberated, I've got so much love for them, but deep inside there is so much aversion, so much hatred, that has not been eradicated, and one feels that I've got so much love for the whole world, this is wrong. Love can only come when there is no more aversion in the mind. Pure love and aversion cannot coexist. Impossible. Therefore, as I have understood Buddha's teaching with my experience, and I find thousands upon thousands of people around the world. They may not come from the Buddha's tradition, they may be from different traditions, and from Buddha's tradition also, every branch of Buddha's tradition, 
they practice and they get the same result because they work exactly as Buddha wanted us to work. So my humble request to everyone belonging to different religions, please give more importance to the quintessence of your religion, which is morality, pure mind, full of love and compassion. Give importance to this and all the problems of the world will get solved. 我在这里邀约大家，不论是任何的宗教、任何的宗派，我们都要真正了解佛陀的教诲是有道德的行为、有进化的心灵，充满着慈悲心，如此整个世界就会变得和平和谐。and so also my humble request to the followers of different branches of Buddha's tradition. Forget the fringes outside things. Give importance to the quintessence of Buddha's teaching. Practice Vipassana, which is for all. Gives the same result to everyone. It makes the mind pure and full of love, compassion, goodwill, which is the teaching of Buddha, practical teaching of Buddha, Try this, practice this, and be a real follower of Buddha, not just keeping yourself bound by this sect or that sect. Buddha was not interested in these sects, his teaching is universal. I here 实践佛陀所教会我们的善意，让我们能够真正做佛陀的追随者。Buddha's teaching of practical vipassana brings people from different religions on the same platform. People from different branches of the teaching of Buddha are brought on the same platform. They feel one with each other. They have love and compassion for each other. And this is the real teaching of Buddha, which is in the practice of Vipassana. It is as relevant today as it was 26 centuries back when Buddha invented it, discovered it and taught it. I would say more relevant today. Let Vipassana spread for the good of so many, for the benefit of so many, for the peace and harmony of so many. All of you who have come in today's Dhamma talk, may you all enjoy real peace. Real harmony, real happiness. 
，我们希望内观能够传遍世界，让所有的人类能够慈悲、善意，并保持安详和谐。祝大家快乐，祝大家安详和谐。卡先生，目前可以回答大家的问题，请将问题写在卡片上，尽量的简单明了。I was born to carry on my family business. That, unfortunately, is not a right livelihood. Now I am too old to start over again. Please advise me what to do. 我生长在一个呃没有这个经营正命的这个企业里面，家族企业里面。啊，这个不是很正当的职业。可是我现在已经老了，啊，不晓得应该怎么样做才好。You are never old to live a good livelihood. Whatever was bad, live it and start with a new livelihood, and don't feel that I'm very old. 请不要觉得您太老，要过着善美的生活，永远不迟。How can Vipassana help those who are dying when they know nothing? They know nothing about Vipassana. 对不懂得内观法门的人来讲，如何来实践内观法门 ？That is why I say, learn Vipassana before the death, and it will be helpful to you. Why remain without Vipassana? Vipassana will help you. And give you an art of dying, how to die peacefully, harmoniously. For that, learn art of living, how to live peacefully and harmoniously. So I recommend everyone to come and practice Neguanfa. In our life, we can come and practice Neguanfa. It is a art of life. Should one first liberate oneself before helping others to reach liberation? We liberation is progressive liberation. Not that all of a sudden you are liberated from all your miseries, all your defilements. But as much as you are liberated from your defilements, that much purity. Will generate love and compassion, 
and that much you will start serving people and that is a sign that you are really progressing on the path of dhamma or not I was badly abused by all the men in my life. Now I have tremendous anger within me. What can I do? It was a very inhuman action of these people who harmed you. But all the time remaining in anger towards them does not help you. Learn Vipassana, go to the depth and find that wherever there is a big impact of this misery in your mind, that impact will start coming up on the surface and will pass away, come on the surface, it will pass away. Otherwise, whole life, rest of your life, you always remain in misery, misery, remem- remembering whatever happened in the past, and all the time generating anger, anger, it won't help you. So come out of these two, memory of the past and the anger of the present. Is it true that Buddha practiced Vipassana meditation and got enlightened? Quite true, because the words of Buddha are so clear. When he says, how I became enlightened, there he says very clearly, these four noble truths, which is Vipassana, and this dependent origination, the cause and effect, this is Vipassana. He realized this by experience, not by intellectual understanding. And this is, this is what we call Vipassana. You have to experience these two truths and you will come out of all the miseries. Is it okay for terminal ill people to attend a 10 day course? 有严重疾病的人是否能够参加十日的课程? Any time is a good time. 任何时候都是好的学习的时刻。Better late than never. 最好是快点学,而不要等到后来才学。You will be given all the facilities when you come to the course, and you will practice as much as you are in a position to practice mentally, physically, and certainly you will get some benefit or the other. How does the idea of fate fit into Buddhist teachings? 
教导中是扮演什么样的角色 ？What you call fate is nothing but the result of your own karmas of the past. Whatever seed you have sown in the past gives the fruit. Bitter seed will give bitter fruit. Sweet seed will give sweet fruits. So this is what you call fate, but actually it is nothing but karma, and it fits perfectly well in the teaching of the Buddha. 所谓的信仰就是你种什么样的因，得到什么样的果。How will we persona change capitalism? 内观法门如何来改变资本主义？ Vipassana is not to change this ism or that ism. Vipassana is to change the human being, whether one is a capitalist or non-capitalist. If one keeps on generating ego, anger, hatred, then one is a miserable person. And this technique takes out those impurities, and one becomes full of love, compassion. Then whatever one earns, one understands. This money I am getting from my consumers, from the society. This is not only for my comforts. Whatever is needed for my maintenance, perfectly all right, or for the maintenance of those who depend on me, perfectly all right. But otherwise, it has to go for the benefit of the others, for the society. There can't be this wise or great bad result of capitalism will automatically go away. 内观并不是要来改变任何的主义，而是它要改变人类，使人类能够发展爱心与慈悲。Can vipassana meditation help me to know who really I am? 内观法门是不是能够真正帮助我了解我是谁？ Certainly, this is the whole purpose of vipassana: to know who I am, not an imaginary I. What it is to which I keep on saying I, mine, I, mine. At the experiential level, you will understand who I am. What is this physical structure? What is this mental structure? And if there is anything beyond mind and matter, what is it? By experience, you have to know. 是的，内观法门可以帮助我们了解。认识我们自己，从身心的互相的作用，我们可以了解、认识自己。How do you practice vipassana while in motion? Could you repeat the question? How do you practice vipassana when you are in motion? That means you are moving. Okay. 当我们情绪起来的时候，我们如何来练习内观呢 ？First, learn while you are not in motion. Just sit, meditate, and then think of practicing in motion. Translate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. First, learn when you are not in motion. Sit and meditate, and then later on you will know how to learn, how to practice in motion also. Okay. 首先呢，啊，坐着，然后学习内观，你就可以知道怎么样来控制你的情绪。Can one learn vipassana when one has anxiety? 
。当我们有焦虑升起的时候，我们是否可以练习内观？ This is the proper time to learn vipassana. When you are in anxiety, you are a miserable person, and you want to come out of misery. Learn practice of vipassana, and you will be free from anxiety, and you will be free from the misery of anxiety. When anxiety arises, it is a very important time to practice vipassana. Should we take advice from astrologers? We don't want the business of astrologers to go bankrupt. <laughs> But understand, why you go to astrologer to know what your future is? You are your own master. You make your own future. Why run after other people to know what your future is? You make a good future by making it a good present. If you are master of yourself, then you correct your present, and the future is nothing but the product of the present. It will be all right, definitely. Why do we go to a astrologer, a astrologer? We are our own masters. When we are our own masters, In Buddha's teachings, repentance can abolish our past deeds. How can vipassana achieve this? Repentance can abolish our past deeds. This this person says is Buddha's teaching. By repenting, oh, I make this mistake. You repent, repent, and the past it will get cleared. This is not Buddha's teaching. Tell them. 呃，消除宿业并不是这个佛陀的教诲。Buddha's teaching is not to have all the time a guilt complex. Oh, this mistake I did. Oh, this mistake I did. Then you are making that sankhara deeper and deeper. You are not coming out of it. Accept whatever mistake you have done, and then keep on meditating. Whatever mistake you have done, that particular sensation related to that mistake. Will come on the surface. You observe equanimity; it passes away. Comes on the surface; it comes, it passes away. Layers after layers, it passes away. And this is how you come out of your past deeds. We must observe equanimity. Who is the enemy in vipassana? Who is the enemy in vipassana? You are your own enemy. You are your own friend. Develop this friendship. Don't harm yourself. You keep on harming yourself, generating impurity after impurity and becoming miserable. Be a friend of yourself. Get rid of these impurities. Generate love, compassion. Then you are a good friend. Come out of this animosity. Become a good friend of yourself. You are your own enemy. You are your own friend. 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 
Did you leave all your worldly goods and children to practice and teach vipassana? It was not necessary for me to keep all the worldly wealth with me because fortunately my children, my sons are good enough to take care of me. They are supporting me. So why I keep all that wealth with me? But I don't run away from the responsibility of my sons or my family. More time, of course, I give to the bigger family of Dhamma and I take care that they get more and more wealth of Vipassana. 我教越多的内观，我可以有更多的孩子们，然后我可以啊跟大家分享我所学的。Can one who is free from desire fall in love, or is romantic love a pure or impure love? 啊，我这个罗曼蒂克的爱是一个进化的爱，还是一个非进化的爱？ When you say romantic love, that means there is a trace of passion, trace of lust in it. It is not pure love. You expect something in return. You love somebody and expect that person also must love you. If that person stops loving you, you forget the love. So it's a commercial love, not the pure love. Love, pure love is one-way traffic. Don't expect anything in return. Then only it is pure love. 当您谈到罗曼蒂克的时候，事实上包含着性欲，还有你的情感，它并不是一个纯净的爱，它是一个商业性的爱，纯净的爱是不要求任何的回报。Is an occasional alcoholic beverage a hindrance to this path? Big hindrance or small hindrance? 喝酒是一个阻碍吗？是一个大的阻碍呢，还是一个小的阻碍？Hindrance is hindrance, big or small. Every small hindrance will become big hindrance. So be careful, get rid of it. 小的阻碍、大的阻碍都是阻碍，最好是不要酗酒。Can one practice vipassana ten days in solitude? Without a teacher or retreat, like Siddhartha Gautama. When you become a bodhisattva of the stage of Siddhartha Gautama, then you won't need any teacher. But till then, you have to go to a teacher just to learn the technique. And again, you work, learn the technique, and you are your own master. Don't remain under the clutches of a guru. A guru might exploit you. So, learn the technique, and a good guru will only show the path and say, you have to work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. You are your own master. None else. 除非您是菩萨,不需要受到老师的指导。学习内观需要老师来指导技巧，但一旦我们学到了技巧的时候，我们可以练习自己成为自己的主人。
there are many, many more questions. There are many, many questions? Yeah. Huh. Only time for this. Time is only for this? Yeah. After that, I am liberated? <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> if the goal is, goal is not to react to pleasure or pain without judgment, does this not create indifference to suffering in the world? Since nothing is good and nothing is bad. In Buddha's teaching, when we say equanimity, this is not indifference, totally different. Indifference, you don't care, let anybody die, let anybody be in trouble. But when you are equanimous, you are purifying your mind. Our purified mind is full of love and compassion for anybody who is suffering. No indifference. Many Buddhist monks and nuns show very good examples when dealing with their lives and especially with their deaths. They die beautifully with a great smile. Is there any example with Vipassana meditators? These good monks and nuns are real followers of the Buddha. That is why they live so peacefully and they die so peacefully. And Vipassana is for this purpose only. How to live a peaceful life, harmonious life, good for ourselves and good for others. And so also how to die peacefully, harmoniously, in spite of all the pain, etc. that we have at the time of death. There are cases where one is suffering from terminal stage of cancer and yet one just observes, remain equanimous and smilingly one passes away. This is the beauty of Buddha's teaching. But first learn how to live peacefully and harmoniously and smilingly. May all of you enjoy Buddha's teaching, live peacefully and smilingly all the life. Don't care about the death. Death will be all right. Don't worry. 您所说的比丘、比丘尼都是佛陀的真正的追随者，佛陀所教导的内观法门也是希望所有的人都能够很安详的往生。不过很重要的是，在现实的生活里面，就要很安详和谐的生活，快乐的生活，愿大家安详和
technique won't convert you to from one organized religion to another organized religion. You will get yourself converted from misery to happiness, from cruelty to compassion. Give 10 days of your life to this technique and enjoy peace and harmony in your life. 无论您是属于哪一个宗教宗派，我虔诚的邀约您来参加十天的课程。我们并不想要改变您的宗教信仰或任何的宗派，我们希望我们能够改变的是从痛苦到快乐，从残酷到慈悲。May all of you be happy. Be peaceful, be liberated from all the miseries of the life. Be happy, be peaceful. 祝大家安详和谐，从痛苦中解脱。祝大家快乐。Thank you.